Come on, let's clap our hands and lift our voice to this victorious king this morning. Aren't you glad you're on the winning side? Hallelujah. 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 Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thankful for his presence in this house this morning. What a life it is living for the King, living for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, what a sweet presence this morning. And just an encouraging reminder that greater is he that is in me. Well, I love that scripture so much and because it reminds me of a, such a great truth that Jesus said, in this world I'll have tribulation, but to be of good cheer. Well, there's nothing externally to be happy about as far as your trial or test. It's painful, it's worrisome, it's stressful, but... But he told them, he said, even though you have this tribulation in the world, be of good cheer. We can be of good cheer because nothing we go through in this world can take away what he's put inside of us. And so greater is he that is in me. That's why Paul could write, I am persuaded that nothing shall be able to separate me because it can't take it. You know what would separate you from him? Not having his spirit. That's why David cried so earnestly, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Don't cast me away from your presence. Don't do that. The Bible says without his spirit we're none of his. You know what? The separation is when there's no spirit there. But the world can't take that spirit away. It didn't give it. It has no authority to remove it. There's not a test or trial that is wicked enough to take the Holy Ghost from you. Sadly, many people don't access that power in those trials or tests, but if you would, you would find out quickly nothing can separate me from Him. The worst mistake ever that you could make cannot separate you from Him if you can just use that spirit to find a place and like we learned in that kid's lesson today, find a place to say, God, I'm sorry. It was terrible. It's awful. I don't even want to repeat it to you, but here I am. And, and he said, it didn't matter if we confess our faults. He's faithful and just to forgive us our faults. And we start once again. Praise God. I'm thankful for him today. Give him another hand clap of praise in this house. The Lord's on your side. And... You can make it. I want to say you will make it, but that will be up to you. But I will tell you that you can make it because we can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength. That's where it comes from today. One portion of Scripture while you're standing this morning, I want to say thank you again to our music and our singers great job today. Let's give them a hand. Appreciate them so much for our media and music and the sound, I mean, and all the, that make everything else work. For those that keep a, an eye on the AC, uh, just, it doesn't matter what you set that AC on. Once we get started, it's just going to get warmer. You can set it on 50, it's going to be 70 because it just ain't going to get when we get to moving and praising God. So just thankful, though, it's all right. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. James wrote to the church. He said, go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow for what is your life it is even a vapor 
that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings, and all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. I won't be long today, I don't believe, but I feel like the Lord just laid this on my heart for the past couple of days. I want to preach on this for a few moments. A little time. A little time. Let's pray together this morning. Jesus, we love you so much today. We give you honor and glory in this house. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the souls that you've touched already, for the victory you've instilled in us, Lord. We praise you for it. And now for a little while, open our ears and let us hear what the Spirit would say to the church. Let it find good ground in our hearts where we can grow and be better and be more like you. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Would you give him another hand clap and shout of praise before you're seated? God bless you. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Appreciate you so much. A little time. There's a, a saying don't put off till tomorrow what you could be doing today. Procrastination will get you nothing. <laughs> More people have missed opportunities by procrastinating. Sometimes it could be something as simple and as fleeting as a, a sale. Well, that sale's going on for a while. I'll get up there and I'll get me something in a day or two. And when you get there, you find out that, well, the sale's still going, but it's all gone. <laughs> Should have went when I had the chance. I used to joke around when me and my wife first got together. We saw we, I was getting introduced. Nobody knew me. Everybody knew her. We were going into a restaurant one day, and and this guy was like, "Who is this guy?" And you know, he was he was being friendly, but I could tell he was a little bit side eyeing me, you know. And I knew all these guys were just upset because now she's off the market. <laughs> and I told her she said something about one guy had said something. I said, "Well, you snooze and you lose." I wasn't wasting no time. Oh, we started dating in August. I asked her to marry me in September, and we got married in February. And that's how it worked. Yeah. Praise God. But because of events in this past week, I, I've mentioned to you, you know, well, I've requested prayer. The friend of mine that passed away this week and same age as I am, just he just turned 53 a couple of months ago. And, and just a couple of weeks ago, we buried another longtime friend, same age. And it doesn't seem like any time since we were together in church somewhere, it didn't seem like that it's been as long as it's been since me and my friend were deer hunting together or fishing together or just walking around the neighborhood together. And it, it just went like this. And I was reminded today that Life here on earth is not eternal. I want you to hear me now. I want you to listen today. Because I, I want us to be stirred in our spirits so that we don't procrastinate or get complacent in our walk with God. Our life is a vapor. Some people will say life is lived in the dash. If you've ever heard somebody use that when they were preaching, they, you know, there, there's a birth date, a dash, and then the death date. And we live between the dates. That dash is our life, and it seems like just a dash. Uh, many of us in the age we are now, it doesn't seem like we should be old enough to be married and have kids and, that are grown and are adult. But here we are. It happens like that. The Scripture declares for us that it is only here to appear for a little time. A little time. We don't know time for us and the Lord are not the same. 
But to him, it doesn't matter if, if you're seven or 70, it's just a little time. Because time doesn't matter to him. He's in every, he's, in, he's the beginning, he's the end, he's every bit of it. There's so much in this life, or so it seems, that we want to accomplish before we take our last breath. We want to try to do everything we can to complete our life. So we pursue things in education, jobs, careers, marriage. We raise a family, buy a home, make our mark in this world, so they say. We want to get as much as we can because some people do say, according to Scripture, they suppose that much gain is godliness. But the Scripture tells me that the pursuit of gain can cost me my soul. Jesus said in Matthew 16 and 26, For what is a man profited? If he shall gain the whole world, if it actually happened, if you got everything you were shooting for, but then you lost your own soul. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? This soul that God has put inside of us is precious, and it lives eternally somewhere. We cannot afford to get distracted in this last day and get so caught up in the pursuit of, of worldly goods and worldly things and making our mark that we forget that one day life will stop here and it will begin there. What are we doing in the little time that we appear here? What are we pursuing? What holds our attention, our involvement, our priorities? I imagine how small everything would seem and how foolish we would feel if we actually stood in front of the Lord and began to measure out the things that we believe are so important to us in this life. If he were to sit down with us and have an honest conversation about the things that have kept us from prayer, things that have kept us from his house, the things that have kept us from reading his word, the things that kept us from witnessing to somebody from just simply obeying what he gave us and, and try to make excuse after excuse after excuse why we didn't have time. It's not that we don't have time. It's just where are our priorities? What are we doing in this little time that we have. I don't want to chase the fleeting gains of this world at the cost of my soul. So I ask myself here in the presence of God and all of you, what am I doing with the time that I've been given? You ask yourself right now in this house, in his house, where we've worshipped him and praised him, what are you doing how am I using my time? Am I using my time wisely? Well, we used to hear this. The old timers would quote this scripture many times. Redeeming the time for the days are evil. You find this in the book of Ephesians chapter 5. I didn't give you this, sis, so don't, don't worry. But Ephesians 5 and 14 Paul wrote to the church, Wherefore he saith, Awake, thou that sleepest. We've just got a little time. Don't sleep that time away. He's not talking about just natural sleep, just a spiritual slumber. Arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. God gave us His Spirit so that we could be witnesses unto Him, unto the world, unto our schools, to our jobs, to our neighbors, to our family. God put his spirit. He said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses 
He did not simply give us this to get us out of here. But it was so that in the little time that we have, we could be about our Father's business. Redeeming the time. Don't be drunk with wine. Don't get drunk on the cares of this life. Don't get so caught up in, in the spirit. You know what wine is? They call it a spirit. Don't get so caught up. There's many spirits going out into the land. Don't get so caught up in everything else that's going on that you forget. I've only got a little time. I, I've, I've done things before where I knew I, I was on a timer. And it was just a short time. As a matter of fact, I was cooking something last night. I set it on the stove. I knew it would just take a few minutes for it to, to come to a bowl and uh, put it on there. I went outside and started cleaning the pool and forgot. I was so busy about that, that needed attention. And, and so I was cleaning. All of a sudden, I walked back in the house, not even thinking. I smelled what was cooking. I was like, got to keep an eye on it don't get so caught up busy this has got to get done this has got to get done that you forget what feeds you that you forget what sustains you don't get so caught up in trying to make that next dollar get that house paid off get that loan paid off the you know all these things that are so big and important and in front of our face that we forget that there's a day coming where none of that will even matter there is a day coming where I'll never make another house payment. I'll never drive another car. Hello. There's uh, my, any hobbies, things I had won't mean a thing at all, but I will be with him. In a t- I'll be standing before him to hear what he's got to say about the little time he gave me on this earth. There's nothing wrong with enjoying life. Don't get me wrong. As long as it doesn't become the holding place of our treasure. Where Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Ecclesiastes 11 and 9 tells us, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. And let thy heart cheer thee in the day of thy youth. And walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. Well, that's... Awesome, God. Thank you. But know that for all these things, God will bring thee into judgment. We will stand before him and the books will be opened. And we will give an account of every idle word. We will give account of our deeds. And we're either going to hear him say, well done, or depart. I know we've been worshiping and shouting. Like, what are you doing? I'm telling you today that that worship and that shout won't mean nothing if you wind up hearing him say, depart. Come on, talk to me. We have been given just a little time. And everything that we do must be with the knowledge that Jesus Christ is coming back again. Hey, Jesus is coming back to this earth. And he's coming back to get a people that have made themselves ready. He's coming back to get his bride. The Bible says he's coming with clouds and every eye is going to see him. Honey, you got to believe that Jesus is coming back. If you believe John 3.16, you better believe what he said in Matthew 25. If you believe that we can lay hands on the sick and they recover, you better believe what he said about them ten virgins. Five were wise and five were foolish. If we believe in all the blessings and all the goodness and that he gave us everything in this life richly to enjoy, we must believe also that one day he's coming back for he said, I have gone away to prepare a place that where I am you may be also. Yeah, he's got plans on us being there. But it will be up to us what we have done with this little bit of time that he's given us. In Matthew 24 and 37, Jesus began to uh, expound a little more on what the last days would be like. The disciples, even at that point with him standing there before them, wanted to know what's it going to be like 
at the end. We need to know how are we going to make it. We cannot get distracted. The first words that Jesus said when they asked him what, what's it going to be like, what shall be the sign, he said, take heed that no man deceive you. Don't get distracted. Don't get consumed with so many pursuits that we forget to be ready to meet him. Don't be so hungry to feel the things of this life up in your world that you, that you forget to seek him while he may be found. While he may be found. The Bible says seek him while he may be found. There will be a time that he will be sought and not be found. I know we want everybody to go. We want everybody to make it. But the fact of the matter is that some people are just not ever going to seek Him. No matter how much we preach to them, how much we love them, how much we pray for them, it's just not their thing. In this world we live in today, with all this going on, the media doesn't want you to believe in God. And they know we believe in a God that loves people. So let's make it so awful that they, won't, they can't even believe that there can't be a God. With all, this, with all these people dying, there can't be a God. With all these uh, crimes and, and, and sex trafficking and murders and, and, and all the things that are happening, there can't be a God. With all this the, the division and the riots and, and the disease and the earthquakes and fires and floods and all the things that are happening. If there was a God that really loved us, why does he let these things happen? That's what they say. That's their argument. They want to distract you with things that are going on. Keep your minds on politics. Keep your minds on vaccinations. Keep your minds on viruses. Keep your minds on wars. and Keep your minds on wildfires. Keep your minds on, on just destruction and, and division. They, they want to keep your mind on everything else but Him. This is when we need to be praying. Jesus said, these are the beginning of sorrows. This is where it's going to get wild, but it's not going to be sorrow all the time. Friend, it's going to be a great day when Jesus comes back to get us. Don't get so distracted that you forget that he is coming back. Don't let the media paint you such a bleak picture that you think God's not even listening to us anymore. He is listening and he's watching. And he knows that he's coming back. He knows the day. He knows the hour. But he told us, watch. He began to tell them, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days that were before the flood... They were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also be the coming of the Son of Man. They found themselves on the wrong side of the door. They mocked Noah. They ignored Noah. They laughed at Noah. They rejected Noah. They didn't believe Noah. And it wasn't that they didn't have time because there were days that were before the flood. To God, it was just a little time. What were the people of that day doing with their little time? They were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that's all they wanted to do. Nobody wanted to hear Noah, the Bible says, was a preacher of righteousness. Nobody wanted to hear what Noah had to say. Nobody wanted to be a part of ark building. Nobody wanted to be a part of God's plan. And only the ones who did everything that God commanded found themselves safe inside when the door was shut. And then the people had no idea till the flood came and washed them all away oh, I don't want to be so distracted in this life that I forget that one day Jesus is coming to take us all away 
I do not want to walk in my house and wonder where my family's at. I don't want to come beating on my church doors wondering where my people are. Friend, I want to hear him say, well done. I want to be called, I want to hear that trumpet. I want to be called away in the air. I want to meet him in the air one day. I don't want to forget that Jesus is coming back. There's nothing wrong with living this life. God will bless our lives when we give it to him. But when we take him out of the picture, it doesn't matter how. Oh, it's amazing. I never thought when I first got in the church, I thought everybody loved Jesus. I was born, hey, I was a child. I was naive. But I began to realize, and I never thought we'd come to a day to where we see such hatred and mockery. Of course, Jesus said we would be hated all men for his name's sake. He said, don't be surprised if they hate you because they hated me first. I just never thought where people would just openly blaspheme the name of the Lord. Just treat him as if he never existed. Say the most awful, awful, filthy things. Portray him in ways that should never be portrayed and just treat him like he's nothing. That's the world we live in today. They mock him. Oh, I can't even talk about it across this pulpit hardly because it's just so disrespectful of this loving Savior who died for us and shed his blood for us. And then people just take him for granted. Just That's the sad thing is that, well, he knows I got all this to do. He'll tap me on the shoulder when it's time to go. Friend, before we know it, we'll find ourselves years down the road and we haven't prayed, opened our Bibles, worshipped God, sought His face. I want to tell you something today. Jesus is coming back to get people. Whether you believe it or not, He's coming. We used to play games and hide and go seek and we'd get done counting and we'd say, ready or not. And sometimes you'd always catch one person still out in the open. There's a thousand places to hide. Why are you doing? I couldn't make my mind up. Oh, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. But the Bible says, but the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. I won't be caught out in the open, undecided, will I serve you or not? Uh, hey, young people, I love you. And maybe it ain't even a thing anymore. But you know, Pastor, I just won't really be cool and people at school won't like me if I talk about Jesus. God help you that you lose that crazy idea. And if they don't think you're cool, so what? I'd rather them think I'm the squarest of pegs if that's what it takes than to be cool in school and, and to be hip and to have all, well, I got all, I'm the in crowd, I'm popular, and people, ah, so what? It won't mean nothing. Being in that crowd won't mean anything if you're not in the crowd that John saw, a multitude that no man could number. I'm talking to you today because this is what God is, because it goes by so fast and we, we've got every intention of tightening up. Just like we've got every intention of eating better, being more responsible, yet we still go through the drive-thru because that's easy. Yeah. And we still spend, you know, because we got it. We're not, we're not, we just, I'll, I'll do better next paycheck. I'll do better next year. I'll do better. When? When are we going to do better? When? Are we going to be that wise and faithful servant that Jesus talked about? That when his Lord comes back, we'll find him so doing. When are we going to stop burying our talents? Thinking I've got plenty of time to dig it up and do something with it. He's going to catch you red-handed. Because that's what Jesus said he would do. 
He said, I'm going to catch people who have set on what I give them. Oh, we've been hearing that Jesus would come back forever. Yeah. And until he comes back, you're going to keep hearing it. But one day it's going to be reality. In verse 40 of that same chapter, Jesus described a pair of, of twos. Then shall two be in the field. One shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, one taking the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord comes. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready. That's what watching is about. Not just standing around gazing at the sky. Not just standing around looking at other people serve God. Not just watching other people serve God. It means for us to be ready. As individuals to be ready. To make sure we have worked out our salvation with fear and trembling. And that if he were to call you home today. If you shut your eyes and took your last breath today. That you could be absent from the body but be present with the Lord. We've only got a little time. And I know when you're young, you say, well, i got my whole life in front of you, but what if your whole life is only another week? Don't even say that, Pastor. I don't want to think about that. That's the problem. We don't want to think about the real world. That's why people get in trouble today. They don't want to think about the real world. They're living in a fantasy land. We cannot, as a church, hey, we can't live in fantasy land. It's real. Jesus is coming back. Hello. I know people don't, don't, maybe they don't preach about Jesus coming back much anymore, but I'm still going to preach about it. Ever so often, I'm going to step up here and remind the people that I pastor, hey, have you checked yourself? Have you examined yourself to see if you're in the faith? Because one day Jesus is coming back, and he don't check with me on how you're doing. Because if he did, all of you would go, yes, sir. Yes, sir, Lord, get every one of them. Because I want everybody to go. But God that watches the eyes of the Lord, they are over the righteous. And he's watching to see what we're doing. Seeing if we're ready. Two in a field, one taking one left. What was the difference? Working in the same field. Working at the same job. Working for the same master. Somebody's mind wasn't on their work. You ever worked with somebody that they was there in body, but they but they wasn't there. <laughs> so you know what I'm talking about. There were two women working in the mill and one taking their left. What was the difference? Same job, same place, same meal, doing the same work. Why was one left? They're working that close. Man, surely they should go. I'll tell you what the difference is, being ready. Because verse 44 says, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Guess what? You may go. But you probably won't even be thinking about it when the trumpet goes off. You might be trying to figure out what you're going to cook for dinner that evening. Not even thinking about when the trumpet goes off. You might be walking your mile, riding your bike. You might be sitting on the beach. You might be fishing. But wherever you find yourself and whatever you're doing, I hope that whatever it is has not taken the place of your time with God. I hope that whatever it is you're involved in and, and you're chasing after and pursuing, I hope that it has not pushed God off to the side. That he's not on the back burner. He, he's not the afterthought. He's, well, I'll get with God when I get through with this. Oh, no, 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 no. You better get with God now. And then you better stay with God. He's coming back one day to get a church. He said, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord has made ruler over his household? To give them meat in due season. Blessed is that man who when his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But 
If that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delays his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken. I don't want to get caught up with this world. The Bible says that any man want to be a good soldier, he will not entangle himself with the affairs of this world. I don't want to get tangled up with the drunken. The Lord of that servant, and that's not just talking about people stumbling and drunk. They're intoxicated with the world. They're intoxicated with this life. And, and they're intoxicated with everything. They're, they're getting so much of You know what drunkenness is? That's when you too much and you become drunken. I won't get, I've got to have so much of this that it's just that it's intoxicated me and I can't even act right because drunk people, no matter what they think, they're drunk. And it doesn't matter if you're, you're drunk on the things of this world and your mind has gone to carnality and the carnal mind is enmity with God. It's not subject to God and neither indeed can be. And you can get yourself so caught up in this world that you don't even realize. You know, a drunk person, you can talk to them and they, they're nodding. They ain't heard nothing you said. It's the truth. They can be intoxicated and, and you can talk to them. And they're like, I know. I've been there. And can't even hear what you're actually saying anymore. And, and people get so full of this world, full of this life, intoxicated by this life, that you can't hear what Jesus is saying anymore. Or you're, yeah, you're, you're there, but you can't hear him. You don't understand him. You, or, or you know what drunk people do? They, they, they make promises they don't keep. Oh, yeah, because they don't remember saying it. People get intoxicated with this world. They make promises they don't keep. Yes, Lord, I'll be there. Yes, Lord, I'll do it. Don't even remember. I don't want to get like that. The Lord of that service shall come in a day when he looks not for him, in an hour when he's not aware. Cut him asunder, appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. Oh, that's not where we want to be. We want to be in that crowd, all with white robes, a number that no man can number, saying glory to the Lamb, hallelujah to the Lamb, blessed be the Lamb. That's where we want to be. I don't want to be where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so you, you can stay with, stay with me. I told you I'm not going to be long. Ready or not, here he comes. I, I, I had, as a pastor, to just talk to our people today. Because I watched, I've watched too many lately who had no idea, who never thought. Three weeks ago, my friend had no plans on leaving this earth. He was working his job. He was coming home to his wife and kids. And did not realize he had just a little time. He didn't know that once he went into that hospital, it would just go downhill from there. Whew. Just a little time. So the writer of Hebrews instructed us in Hebrews 2 and 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? I'll never forget I, hearing my pastor preach on this when I was first in church and he preached on that scripture. You know, we, we've got it in our mind that, well, I'm not a murderer you know, I'm not a thief. You know, I'm, I'm faithful in my marriage and I'm, I'm doing all the right things. And so God's going to, I'm going to make it. You don't make it on your merit. But the word, the key word there is neglect. How shall we escape if we neglect? Just stop doing 
the things that are pleasing to God. Stop praying. Stop reading. Stop coming to church. Stop fasting. Stop giving. Stop doing all the things that we know the Word of God tells us to do. Just, just neglect it. You may never say another cuss word. You might not ever steal anything. You might not tell another lie. Never drink another drop. Stay faithful to your spouse till the day you die. But he said, how will you escape if you neglect so great a salvation? Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. We ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Because we live in a day, in an hour. The Bible says there was a coming a time where there'd be a famine. And it won't be for food. It said, but it'll be a famine for hearing the word of God. Whew. That's going to be a rough famine. Because how will they have faith if they cannot hear? Friend, we're headed to a time where this world is going to be faithless. The Bible says evil men and seducers will wax worse. Perilous times are coming. And Jesus even said, it's going to get to a point and so bad that if I did not shorten the time, even the very elect would be deceived. It's going to get so bad that if I didn't make a way out, nobody would make it. Friend, we better make sure we're paying attention and doing our Father's business in this little time we've been given. I know it's a heavy message. I do not apologize for it one bit because I want to see everyone that I pastor, anyone that's ever walked in this building, go to heaven. While she's playing this morning, would you come find a place? I'm asking you all that would to find a place to pray. If the altar fills up, make an altar at your seat. But find a place and examine yourself. If you know you've been squandering time that God gave you, repent. Ask God to forgive you. Make a declaration today, God, I'm going to do better. I'm going to use this little bit of time this, while this vapor is still appearing, while people can still see my light in this world, I'm going to let it shine for you.
thank you, Jesus. I don't want to miss a second of it. Lord, don't do it without me. Uh, I want to be a part of this revival. I want to be a part of leading people to Jesus. And I sure want to be a part of that number that meets him in the air. Amen. Brother Hart used to, he would preach on things like this and he would always tell us, be careful. He said, on a long trip, when you're headed home, he said, the accidents happen the closer you get to home. Because you feel like everything's so familiar, I don't have to really pay attention. I know where I'm at. And you stop focusing on what you're doing. And a lot of accidents happen within just a couple of miles of the house. Because we're so just laid back and at ease. We're just not paying attention to what we're doing. And he'd say, so be careful. Because we're almost home. We want to be careful, saints. Give the more earnest heed. You know, on holidays, when we're driving, especially down 78, we give the more earnest heed to the speed we're going because there's officers everywhere. You can't afford to forget and start speeding or they'll get you. And so the closer we get to home, there's going to be more and more things to try to get us. So pay attention. Keep your eyes on him. Stay on the straight and narrow. We're going to make it all the way home. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house. Aren't you thankful for him today? Thankful for the word of the Lord. We love you dearly. Don't forget about prayer tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Looking forward to a great time in the Lord. Hope you can be here. If he hadn't come guide us, this is where we'll be. Hope to see you. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.